Let us go to the Lord again in prayer. Holy Father, hallowed be thy name. We thank you that you're there. We thank you that you're not silent. You have given us your word. We thank you for preserving it down through the centuries. And we thank you that the word of the Lord shall endure forever. You have told us that you have magnified your word above your name. And we do not even comprehend how that can be. And nevertheless, thy word teaches the importance of the Holy Scriptures. And we ask our God that you would bless us now as we continue studying your word. We pray that you would help us to say the right things that are in harmony with the scriptures and at the same time that you would Take the word and apply it to the hearts of each one who hears. Only you can do that. And unless you do so, it is only so many words. Again, we would pray that you would continue to watch over and guide and direct and keep us by your power. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been studying in the book of Galatians. And we looked last Lord's Day with regard to uh, the first six verses of chapter 3 of Galatians. And I want to kindly uh, reiterate uh, something there that I think is that we've been really uh, stressing all through the epistle and how that when he said, Receive ye the Spirit, there in verse 2 of Galatians 3, he's not talking about the Holy Spirit in regeneration. I know that the King James translators capitalized it, and uh, I'm a King James man, (laughs) and... uh, so, uh, and, but anyway, uh, it wasn't, uh, they weren't totally inspired in, in every way, but they were greatly blessed. And I really, uh, like I said, I'm thankful for that. But uh, if you remember, we uh, have brought more than one time from Romans chapter 3 and verse 27 the principle there, where then is boasting, uh, where is boasting then, it is excluded by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. In other words, the scriptures 
point out that there are two principles, and that is the principle of works or the principle of faith or the law of works or the law of faith. And uh, without going into great detail, we have pointed out that we are justified by faith. Scripture also says we're justified by blood. It says we're justified by Christ and we're justified by grace. Now these are not separate ways in which we're justified. It's only saying that we are justified by the person and work of Christ. Faith is the principle of the, of the person and work of Christ. Just like grace is the principle of the person and work of Christ. The blood is the principle of the person and work of Christ. We, Paul said, I glory in the cross. Well, he wasn't glorying in that wooden object, but he was glorying in the person and work of Christ. And here in Galatians 3, when he talks about receiving the Spirit, I think he's talking about that principle of the New Testament economy. And like he says later on in uh, this same chapter, when he said, uh, but before faith came, we were kept shut up under the law in verse 23. Well, the Old Testament saints had faith, but when this economy of faith, when this principle of faith, when this law of faith came, and he also talked about when Christ came or when the seed came. And so uh, Paul is not, uh, and even the same in uh, Galatians 5 where he said, ye are fallen from grace. That doesn't mean that they were fallen out of salvation, but they had fallen out of this economy of the New Testament of justification by the imputed righteousness of Christ, and they were trying to be justified by the law or by circumcision. And so uh, we see that uh, that was what was in place there. But we want to take up this morning with verses 7 through 10. And I'll read those. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And if the and the Scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the Gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now, verse 7 clearly states that anyone who has faith, whether he be a Jew or whether he be a Gentile, it matters not, he is a child of Abraham. And therefore, he is included in all of the covenant blessings of Abraham. Do you have faith? If you have faith, today, then you are included in all of the covenant blessings 
of Abraham. And when you read in the past in, in the Old Testament of the covenant blessings of Abraham, then you can rest assured and know that if you have faith, that they apply unto you as well. They apply unto you as well. And you need to read the Scriptures with that in mind. Have you considered that when God spoke to Abraham and set him up as the father of the faithful, that you were included? Verse 29 of the same chapter, though we haven't gotten to it. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Heirs according to the promise. And though there were Old Testament prophecies that spoke about Gentiles being brought in to the covenant blessings of Abraham, it was not clear then as it is to us today. Look in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Now I'm not going to read all of this, I don't think. But, well I may. We want to start in verse 11. Now think about this. Because we're Gentiles, we're not, we're not Jews. I don't know of anybody in here that is of Jewish descent. We're Gentiles. Verse 11, Wherefore remember that being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. I had someone to ask me recently, said, do you think basically all Gentiles in the Old Testament, were they going to hell? (laughs) I said, well, I don't know. (laughs) Scripture doesn't uh, say all of that, but it sure doesn't put them in the good light. I know that there were some Gentiles that were in uh, that were believers. Rahab was one. Melchizedek was one, and uh, uh, Ruth was one. But uh, in those Old Testament economies, uh, the Scripture is silent as to ex- the exact state of all of that. It doesn't look good. But think about the fact: if you were living during the Old Testament times. You would have no hope of salvation. You would be without God. He would not be speaking to you. And like I said, I don't know how to wrestle through all of that. Uh, I do think that just as uh, the Jews are cut off today, uh, so were the Gentiles then. And by nationality, the last I read, the Jews have the highest rate of atheism 
of any nation of people. So it doesn't look good for them today, does it, as a race or as a people. We have to realize what a great blessing it is that we have been included in salvation. Have you ever thought about that? Or do we just think that here we are, we've been living in America, we're, we're a blessed people, we're better than other nations, and, and God kind of favors us and all such things as that. That's not true. We are only what we are by being in the faith of Abraham. Reading on in Ephesians 2, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Having abolished in His flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances for the for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were not. You see, beloved, it's no accident that you have the gospel preached to you. It's on purpose. It's by the, 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 the divine power and counsel of God. Verse 19, Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for ye Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you were how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. As I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Which in other ages, here's the mystery. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles shall be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of the promise of Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. This was a great mystery that Gentiles should be brought in to the kingdom. And yet there were prophecies throughout the Old Testament, and the New uh, uh, concerning uh, this uh, fact. But it was somewhat hidden to us. 
But if you are a believer, as we said before, you are a child of Abraham. Romans chapter 4 alludes to this. Romans 4, verses 11 and 12. And he, that is Abraham, received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had, being yet uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe. You know, George Washington is called the father of our country. Abraham is called the father of our faith. Abraham's called the father of our faith. In studying the life of Abraham, have you ever considered that you wish you had the faith of Abraham? Well, beloved, you do. You do. And as Abraham, we may look at these verses a little bit later, but in more than one time, Abraham was called the friend of God. And if you are have the faith of Abraham, you too are a friend of God. You know, sometimes we like to say, well, I just wish God was my friend. If you have the faith of Abraham, God is your friend. God is your friend. He's not some stranger. True, we are to reverence Him. We are to give Him the honor that is justly due to Him. But He's our friend. He's our friend. And as Paul says later on uh, in Galatians, which we'll get to, Lord willing, if we live long enough, uh, we cry and call Him Abba, Father. And that Abba is just like Daddy. Daddy. Sometimes in my fellowship with the Lord, I just break down and call Him Daddy. Because it's an endearment term of endearment to me that's what I used to call my father and my earthly father but to realize that my heavenly father is my friend he is my father you know sometimes we use the scriptural terms Abba father and we just kind of use them by rote without realizing the intimacy that we have with our great God and Savior. Salvation is a personal thing. And it should be personal to you. And it should be enlivening to you. But anyway, back in Romans 4.11, And he received the sign of circumcision, the seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had, being yet uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed to them also. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk, notice this, who walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. 
You remember when God first called Abraham? He was in Ur of Chaldee. And he left by faith. You say, I don't know whether I have that much faith or not. If you have the faith of Abraham, and if God wanted you to move out of the city, He'd give you the same faith. He'd, give you, he'll walk with you. Beloved, we may not have the same experiences of Abraham, but we have the same faith of Abraham. We have the same origin and the same kind of faith. You believe that? Do you really believe that? Or is, really, or, or is Christianity, Christianity just another religion? Beloved, it's real. It's real. Romans 9 speaks about it. Romans 9, beginning in verse 7, Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are of the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Now listen, beloved. If you have the faith of Abraham, you're a child of promise. You're a child of promise. God set His love upon you. You're a child of promise. For this is the word of promise, that at this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand out of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. And then for time's sake, drop down to verse 22. What if God willing to show His wrath and to make His power known endure with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction and that He might make known the riches of His glory on the vessels of mercy which He had afore prepared unto glory even of us whom He hath called not of the Jews only but also of the Gentiles. You're a Gentile. You're a Gentile. And like I said again, all of the covenant blessings that were given to Abraham and all of the covenant blessings that were given to God's people even in the Old Testament, some that were not even given to Abraham, such as the what's called the pro-evangelum of Genesis 3.15, that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. That applies to you. Read those promises 
in your daily scripture reading, but think of them and realize that you are included. Not you as another Gentile, but you whom God has called like all of His other sheep by name. Put your name there. Too often we sit down and do our daily reading and we get our allotted verses or chapters done. But we don't stop to meditate upon what those verses are saying to us individually. In Romans 9, while we're there, he says in verse 25, As he saith also in Osi, that is in Hosea, I will call them my people which were not my people, and her beloved which was not beloved. You'll find that in Hosea chapter 2 in verse 23. You see, you were you were uh, the Gentiles were prophesied of being included in the blessings of Abraham. But it wasn't clear. As we read in Ephesians, Paul said this was a mystery. But beloved, God has shown us the mystery. He's shown us the mystery. Sometimes somebody might want to read a, a mystery book. I don't know that I would necessarily recommend that, but in doing so, uh, they want to know what is the mystery? What's the, what's the end? And so they would turn to the last chapter and read the last chapter to find out how it's going to turn out. Well, beloved, God has given us the last chapter. We're included. We're included. In verse 26 of Romans 9, And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. That's in Hosea chapter 1 in verse 10. And then dropping down into Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 19, But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them which are no people. That's talking about Gentiles. And by a foolish nation I will anger you. That's a quote from Deuteronomy 32, verse 21. And then the next verse, But he saith, that is Isaiah, is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. Isaiah 65 verse 1. These are just a few. But it was, it was prophesied in the Old Testament. But it was not so clear. But Paul says, as we read there in Ephesians, that it was a great mystery. It was a great mystery. And like I said, each person who lives by faith is blessed with faithful Abraham. You remember what it is to live by faith? We've already covered this. In chapter 2, talking about the just shall live by faith. What is it to live by faith? 
is simply to live in obedience to the Scriptures. It's simply to live in obedience to the Scriptures. People often say, or sometimes they think it, they may not always say it, well, I just wish God would send me a letter. I might know what to do. Well, He has. He's given you the Word of God. He's given you the Word of God. And we're to live by the Word of God. That's the reason that we are to continually read and study the Scriptures. Continually read and study the Scriptures. I haven't checked up on some of you lately, but uh, I remember some months ago that some of you were talking about trying to learn to memorize. And I just wonder if you're still faithful in it or have you kindly let it slip by. It's good to memorize Scriptures as well. Some, some can memorize easier than others. I never was much of a good memorizer. Sometimes some people may, they just know the Scriptures without having to memorize them. And that's good. But the point that I'm trying to make is that we hide the Word of God in our hearts. We know what the Word is teaches and when you're living according to what the scriptures say you may not always have a fuzzy feeling people have the idea that if I'm living by faith then I'm being filled with the spirit and I've got this good feeling about me and everything is going well. Well, that's not true. Abraham, when he was called to go out into Ur of the called out of the Ur of the Chaldees, when he went into Haran, he had to travel some 300 miles. And you know what? Sarah had to have faith too. Can you imagine being the wife of a man going to leave a city and she say, where are we going? He said, I don't know. Well, why are you going? Because God told me to. You mean the God's sin that we've been worshiping here in earth? No, another God. She had to have faith to follow her husband. She had to have faith to follow her husband. That's just daily living. A woman living in obedience to her husband, she's living by faith. She's a daughter of Abraham. A daughter of Abraham. And as you women know, it's not always easy to live with another sinner. And it's not always easy for him because he's having to live with the sinner too. But living day by day according to the Scriptures, this is his life of faith. This is exercising and showing that you are a descendant, spiritual descendant, of Abraham. Like I said, you have 
the faith of Abraham. He hasn't called you to go out into another country that you don't know about. And Abraham wasn't perfect while the scoundrel denied his wife on two occasions and put her in a, a most precarious situation. But God did not continue to point out Abraham's sins. He called him his friend. His friend. You know, James 2 and 23 talks about Abraham being the friend of God. But I want to look at Second Corinthians, excuse me, Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Verse 7. Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this of this land before thy people Israel and gaveth it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? Thy friend forever? That's Second Chronicles 20 and 7. God is your friend forever. He's your friend forever. He's not just a fair weather friend. He's a friend in thickness and in thin. And if you've got faith, God is your friend. He's your friend. Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41 in verse 8. We see this again. But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. The seed of Abraham, my friend. You remember what Jesus said the night before he was betrayed? I don't remember whether it's in John 14, 15, or 16. I won't stop and look at that, find it, but he said, You're my friends if I have told you. Uh, not, not exact quote, but what has God given you? He's given you the word. That's another indication that you are God's friend. He's given you the Word to teach you and to guide you and to, to direct you. And isn't it wonderful that God called Abraham faithful? Faithful Abraham. You'll find that in Romans 4.20. Even though he denied his wife, even though he faltered, more than once. God called him faithful. Because God looked at his life from beginning to end. He didn't look at each individual mistake that he made. And aren't you glad that God looks at you and calls you faithful? 
And how is it that He does so? We know more about why God might call us faithful than possibly Abraham did. Why is it that God calls us faithful? Because we have been found in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in Him. And we can see that Christ has paid for our sins. Abraham knew a lot, but how much Abraham knew, uh, the Scripture doesn't tell us. This is the blessing of the hope of the Gospel. And we have the same Gospel that Abraham had. Remember what we read here in Galatians? That God preached before the Gospel unto Abraham? Verse 8, Galatians 3.8 And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen. That's you and that's you. That's me. We were heathen. Now some of you may have been raised in a Christian home and lived out a better life than, than I did. I was raised in a a good home. It wasn't necessarily Christian, even though I believe my mother was. But I was, I was just a lived the life of a heathen. But thankfully, God had set His love upon me. Not only in Abraham, but He set His love upon me when He set His love upon Abraham before the world was before the world was. And in His providence kept me alive until He should call me out of darkness into His marvelous light. I can say that in a physical way that He kept me alive. Because as some of you I don't know how many of you, uh, Brother Benjamin may know, remember, I don't remember. But anyway, when I was 16, I broke my neck. Should have been dead. And the young man that had the same bones broken as I did and had the same doctors that I had, when he left the hospital, he could only move two fingers on one hand. And I walked out. What was the difference? God. God. God kept me. Even the doctor that I had. <clears throat> Dad asked why I was different from the other young man. <clears throat> the doctor said, we don't know. He said, we're just like automobile mechanics. He said, just go home. He said, we just have to patch him up. He said, just go home and thank God he's alive. God preserved you. He preserved me that we might know that we have the same faith that Abraham had. And the reason you have that faith is because God put it in you when you were born again. The habit of faith, the principle of faith was put into you. <clears throat> and He blessed you to hear the Gospel that that faith might be brought forth and that you might know 
Know that God loved you. Know that just as He took care of Abraham, He's taking care of you, beloved. And we live in perilous times. We don't know what's going to, what the future holds. Some people are worried about a World War III and this, that, and the other. We hear news. We hear what the the weekly, the nightly news say. If you follow that very closely, some of us try to follow some other folks that are uh, somewhat more conservative, and you hear things that are right the opposite from what you hear on the news. And you say, "Well, who do you believe?" We believe God, because our faith is in God. It's not in the conservatives. It's not in the liberals. It's not in the presidents. It's not in the senators and the governors. It's not in the Supreme Court justices. Our faith is in God. Our faith is in God. Can you imagine Daniel being the right-hand man of Nebuchadnezzar? God could do that today. Now, I think I would have a hard time being the right-hand man of the leader of this country. But you don't know what God can do. But the point is, if we have the faith of Abraham, God is going to be watching over us and keeping us and guiding us and strengthening us by His grace and power. We have the same hope of the gospel that Abraham had. We have the same gospel that Abraham had as we've already read. We have the same kind of salvation. And we're saved the same way that Abraham was. And we have the same Savior that Abraham had. We have the same promises. I've got a Jewish friend that, uh, I call him a friend, he's one of my, actually my chiropractor, and we have a lot of good, a lot of good conversations from time to time. And from time to time, I let him know that uh, I'm praying that God would bless him to know the Messiah that I know, to know the Christ, to know this one who is the fulfillment of all the prophecies. Verse 10, Galatians 3. Well, I want to read verse 9 again. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Think about the greatness of Abraham. For you're blessed just as greatly as Abraham was. You know, we read in the Bible about Abraham being called out of Ur Chaldee, going down into Egypt, being in the plains of memory when just prior to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, carrying Isaac up on the mountain to be offered as a sacrifice. But those 
incidents that we read about in the life of Abraham are very, very few in comparison to his 175 years of living on the earth. The day by day walking with God, taking care of his herds, taking care of his hired servants, taking care of the men in his household. He had 318 men that he could take and rescue Lot. How, how would you, Brother Benjamin, how would you like to have to put up with 318 servants besides their wives and children? That, took, that takes a lot, of, uh, a lot of work and a lot of insight. But God, the God that was with Abraham on his daily labors is with you in your daily labors. You widows, whatever your daily going about, you're blessed. You're blessed. With faithful Abraham. And then verse 10. In closing. For as many as are. Of the works of the law. Are under the curse. For it is written. Cursed is everyone that continueth not. In all things which are written in the book of the law. To do them. Which one of you can say that you have obeyed the law for one day? You know the essence of the law? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy understanding. And you're to do that from the heart. Not one of us have ever done that for a day. And if you're trying to get good enough for God to accept you, then you're just under law. You're under law. That's the legalist. The legalist is not the individual that tries to live holily, righteously, and godly according to the Scriptures. The legalist is the one that is trying to do things to get God to accept them. But beloved, we are accepted in the beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are accepted in the beloved. All the law does, it just condemns us. The law just shows us how far short we fall. And if Abraham, if you were to judge Abraham according to the law, you find him just as guilty as you. But our standing is in Christ. And we have the faith of Abraham. Abraham rejoiced to see the day of Christ. Now how much he saw and how much he understood, I don't know. But he saw enough. He saw enough. And you may not see as much as another individual. And God may not call upon you to do what others have been called to do. But the same God that's with Abraham is the same God that's with you. 
and he will bring you unto himself. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, it is an astounding thought that we have something in common with Abraham. But far more that we have something in common with You. You are our God. You are our Father. And You are our friend. I can confess myself, I do not know how to appreciate all of that. Not only as much as I should, but as much as I desire. Hopefully someday we'll be able to appreciate it, and I believe we will, in a far greater capacity than we do now. <coughs> and it is in Christ we pray. Amen.